Welcome to the Western Water Market Podcast, the show that helps you better understand, manage, protect, and trade the West's most valuable resource and perhaps your greatest asset, water rights. I'm your host and the founder of Western Water Market, Christina Rebellia. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Western Water Market Podcast. I am so excited to be here today with a dear friend and colleague that I've just loved working with over the years, Kelsey Collins. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm also very excited to be here and have enjoyed working with you over the years. So yeah, this is pretty much an honor, I have to admit. Oh, oh my gosh. Likewise. Are you kidding? This is so fun. We've had so many conversations in the car, at meetings. It's a long time getting here. Yeah. Right. Right. Right? So much has happened. Um, And it's, yeah. So this is super fun. I love this. And I know that our listeners, so many of them know and love you as well. So this will just be great. Uh, But for those who don't know you, Kelsey, can you share a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. So, yep. I work for the Department of Ecology's Water Resources Program and have for 20 years. Wow. and I am currently the statewide trust water coordinator and have been for oh, at least 10 years. Um, and I've also been the technical lead for uh, our, our water acquisitions program, Ecology's water acquisitions program. So I, I really just assist ecology staff and the public to understand how we operate the trust water right program. It's so fantastic. And really quick, before we jump into the trust water rights program, what is one of your favorite hobbies? Oh, I, oddly, I, uh, I'm a hockey player, ice hockey. I okay, went to graduate school. <laughs> What's that? It's not that odd. So no, it is odd. And that's why I asked you, cause I was hoping you would share this. I love this about you. So just share just a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it, it started in graduate school back East and I fell in love with ice hockey and, landed in Yakima, which has this funky little garden shed of a, of an ice rink. That's like two third regulation size and we make the best of it. So yeah. I love it so much. (laughs) I tried to recruit you for years and you wouldn't join me. So (laughs) probably not my sport, but I appreciate that you're, you know, thinking of me. Um, (laughs) so fun. Okay. Tell us though, uh, tell us more about the trust water rates program, what it is, um, and a bit about how it functions in Washington. Absolutely. So it's a it's a water nerd paradise. Uh, it's a niche of the of state law and the water code that is it, it's a it's a legal framework that provides the state ecology specifically the ability to acquire water rights and protect them from relinquishment so that they can be used to meet future and current needs. And I'm quoting this pretty much out of the the statute to meet those demands in rivers and streams, as well as the needs out of the stream to divert out of the stream. So it was really kind of this toolbox that the legislature said, oh, boy, water's dwindling. There are places in the state that there are no water rights left to to issue or to to dole out. And in addition to that, there's a lot of places around the state that we've actually been fighting over water for over 100 years prior to 1991 when that was passed. So it's it was really kind of um, 
it was it was a response to this crisis of conscience like oh boy uh we as a state are still telling the public that they can apply for a water right when really there's there was no water to be had it had all been spoken for and in some places it was a crisis that the legislature said uh we need a toolbox to figure out how to kind of reappropriate what's already out there so great. So great. And definitely one of the most powerful, useful toolboxes out there. You know, I, I can't imagine um, managing water rights, managing all the demanding needs here in Washington without it. So other states that don't have a mechanism like this, I, I don't know how they do it. Um, it's just incredible what we can do uh, to meet multiple users needs um protect water rights from relinquishment all of those good things while getting uh, many benefits so love this there are yeah, some it was definitely forward yeah. thinking yeah. yeah right and for just sure. for reference that's rcw 9042 90.42 okay. yeah gotta throw that yeah, out there so if somebody's out. wanting to join the water nerd club they know where to look <laughs> yeah and we, we are, we are, that's not the first time we've been referred to as water nerds on the podcast. It's definitely a thing, right? We are absolutely, water absolutely. <laughs> so this is, this is the mechanism, the tools that we used when I was with uh, Washington Water Trust. Um, one of the ways that we were working to protect these water rights in streams uh, on a temporary and permanent basis. So I, I love this program. I've seen it used in many different ways. Um, with water banking and and other things. So love it, Kelsey. And you just do such a phenomenal job managing this program and serving everyone. Um, So thank you for all of your service over the years. Still lots of good work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, never ends, right? Water never never ends. Absolutely. Um, And and it's changing and evolving and there's new interests. And and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is that there's been mm-hmm. some new updates with the Trust Water Rights Program, uh, policies, guidance documents. And I'm curious if you could share a bit more about what those changes are, what prompted uh, these these new documents to be developed. And let's just talk about this. Absolutely. So for a long time, we were operating under... Um, a guidance where where we ecology had gone through and really worked with stakeholders and tried to tease out how the program should operate, and we published a guidance. Um, and I think it was in two thousand nine, and and operated that way for a long time. But but we really it really became obvious um, not too long after that that yeah, there's a lot of questions still. And then along came a pretty uh, influential Seattle Times article that questioned how water rights were being potentially uh, moved around or acquired um, and and possibly moved out of basins or out of state and really uh, made folks ask a lot of questions. That was in 2019. And we as a program had already been meeting and, and drafting policy language to try to be super clear about what we think the program does and how it does it. But that article really kind of pushed us to to try to get out in front of that and answer questions for both the public and the legislature and, um, you know, our stakeholders. So that's where the, the start 
kind of the timeline of, of the real push that came from that. So after the Seattle Times article, we put together an advisory group uh, on trust banking and transfers, kind of the whole world of moving water around using the trust water right program. <clears throat> and and really wanted to, to go out and hear what folks thought about how that that program was working, how it wasn't working, and what we could do in the future. That advisory group started with kind of a platform of, okay, let's just take a step back and make sure everybody's on the same page. And maybe this is a good opportunity for me too, to get a little more into the weeds of sort of the tenants or the principles of the Trust Water Right program. Um, at its core, like I said, that that the state can acquire a water right, but there's various ways that we can acquire water rights. And in doing so, we we create different types of trust water rights. And it's really pretty complicated and confusing. So having guidance up to date uh, is really important. So to just go through that really quickly, a trust water right is only created when two things happen. A water right holder conveys a right to ecology, promises it, gives it, transfers it, conveys it. And step two, ecology accepts it very clearly, two-step process. And that's sometimes confusing. Folks say, well, I'm just going to give it to ecology and it's in trust. Um, so there's some confusion there. Also that that once it's in trust, a trust water right, of course, we've talked about it's um, protected from relinquishment and it retains its original priority date. And I know you've talked about this in, in other podcasts, but that is a way that we can protect that water right. And that that question of, well, how does that water right compare to senior water rights, other water rights? Well, it retains its original attributes. So we went through those foundational this is the tenants of the Trust Water Right program with that group and said, this is the way it has been operating. We've been uh, acquiring water rights, the state, excuse me. The state has been acquiring water rights by statute in four different ways. The state can purchase water rights. The state can lease water rights. Water rights can be temporarily or permanently just donated or Parked, basically, not a word that that's everybody likes to use, but <laughs> basically just set aside. And then lastly, ecology can hold water rights and trust through agreements like water banking agreements or um, short term diversion reduction agreements through some sort of contract between the water right holder and the state. So we I refer to those ways we acquire water rights as the type of trust water right. Something is a donation, it's a purchase, it's a lease, it's an acquisition through an agreement. So that group dug into those questions of, is that working? Is ecology able to acquire water rights or allow others to use the trust water right program um, to develop water banks in a way that makes sense or is equitable? Uh, and we we really, really focused on water banking because of the Seattle Times article and because there had been a lot of talk about, well, what 
is a water bank? What's its a potential? What would happen in the future if um, if water banking became really popular and, and entities, water right holders were coming to ecology and trying to move water um, more frequently and in larger quantities throughout the state? Yeah, that so for the listeners here, the very first episode I did, I talked about why I launched Western Watermark and I spoke about that Seattle Times article, which really disrupted the water rights world in Washington here and got us talking about some really important things. Um, The out of basin transfers, namely being a large one, you know, the headline of that article uh, Wall Street buys up Washington's water, something to that effect. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, and I just love, though, that it prompted that super rich conversation, several conversations through that advisory group that you're talking about, Kelsey. That was one of the best collaborative processes I've ever participated in. I felt like my input was was heard. I got a chance to hear from all of these other professionals and stakeholders in the industry. We got to have the hard conversations. We really thought through everything. I felt like it was just just such a great process. Again, probably the best I've ever been through. So I really believe in the work that that Ecology did, that you all did to come up with these new documents, to come up with the, um, the draft legislative report that's out for comment now, all of those things. Like, such a phenomenal process. So thank you for for providing that for us to get involved and to uh, to be heard and to share information. I think it was really rich. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And that really was one of the um, the quickest processes that was conducted. It was all online. It was all during COVID. And basically throughout the summer of 2021, we had those conversations and then provided a um a report back to the legislature in November and the take home from that um there were lots of recommendations but specifically to the to the recommendations the document recommendations that came out of that and and for my purposes the the big take home was that we definitely heard that ecology should act on its existing authority and that's just in you know that's that's policy speak for do what you can right now uh, without having to go to the legislature for changes. Definitely something we're considering for the future, but we turned around from that, those recommendations, and we're already working on a policy um, about administering the trust water program and guidance to support it. But that was just the, that was definitely um, the big push we needed to say, our external partners want this as much as we do. Okay, fantastic. And that's where that's where we are now. You've got these new documents that Ecology has put out. Let's talk about those. Let's talk about this new policy, the interpretation statement, guidance document, the new forms. Can you walk us through those and and what how those are are helping us? Absolutely. So those are definitely front and center on our Trust Water Right Program webpage and our Water Banks page. So those should be uh, really accessible. And and again, kind of going back to what I talked about in the beginning, which is that we've had these really powerful statutes that provide us the framework for the Trust Water Right Program, but we didn't have rules or policies to really outline how the program operates. 
So we, <clears throat> excuse me, we really capitalized on a lot of the questions we heard in the advisory group that water banking really is, um, isn't well understood. The process is not as, uh, wasn't as tra transparent as folks would like to see it. And there just wasn't guidance out there because water banking or developing water banks um, isn't definitely isn't laid out. This is how you develop a water bank in statute. And we've been developing water banks for many years to really meet these critical water supply um, water supply issues across the state and addressing those through water banks where we really have no other options. So it was time to say, this is how, this is how this work is done. Um, so first and foremost, in a policy, we want to make it super clear what these words mean. So if you go through the statutes for the Trust Water Right Program, you actually can't find a definition for water bank or mitigation. So those two words are synonymous with what we do, and they're not, they're not in statute. So we defined what a water bank is, and of course, it's, it's that two-part piece that I talked about before, where you're building a trust water right that can mitigate for future uses. And there's a bunch of, of legal speak in the policy, uh, but it's at its core, a water right holder is, is willing to transfer legal interest in their water right so that it can be used as a mitigating right. And to do that, they're also going to enter into a water banking agreement with ecology so that we all know how a water bank can operate and that water right can be used to mitigate for those future uses, mitigate for impairment that those uses might um might create and to be able to, to point to the legal framework that allows us to issue new water rights, new so, mitigated water rights, I should say. So that's, it's kind of a, a, a long-winded explanation, but we really, really struggle to be talking about the same thing when we say water bank. That really speaks to the change in how, I guess, the Trust Water Rights Program and Statute has become this set of of tools in a toolbox, right? With water banks being one of them, mitigation. It's kind of neat to see how that program has been used to um, address these other other needs and to get the the multiple benefits again. Um, I love yep. that. Okay, so um, the whole thing with water banks, and can we just kind of touch again on maybe some of the what came out of that Seattle Times article? What was brought to light? Yeah, kind of this idea of some some criticism around using the trust water rates program and developing water banks for say uh, mitigation for private development versus maybe its original intent for you know in stream flow benefits. Am I properly characterizing that as just kind of this public versus private interest and benefits and how that program is being operated and how those tools are being used? this there definitely was questions about private development because the Tales Times article was pointing to an investment firm an out-of-state investment firm trying to move large water right large amounts of water rights downstream but I think it really just kicked off a question a bigger question of 
well, how often are we developing water banks and how big are they and how are they moving water around and who's all using them? And when you really drill down or when we drilled down to try to answer those questions, it really is a very broad array of users. So there's counties who develop water banks, um, there's irrigation districts and cities and all sorts of water users utilizing water banking as a tool to meet water needs. Um, So there was no like smoking gun of one type of use, but I think what it really highlighted, and this also was developed in the policy, is a need for transparency. So that going forward, it's clear to, to anyone interested who's using it, when are they using it? So one of the things we did was developed a form that could be published online that said, okay, I want to request to establish or modify a water bank. That's the name of the form. So we create a new new form that can be posted online. We we have been posting these requests so that anyone can go to our website and see what types of new water banking proposals are being put forth and provide comment on them, which is brand new. That's something that That we just didn't, we didn't have a a mechanism to do that because oftentimes folks were coming to ecology and saying, hey, what do you think about developing a water bank to do X, Y, Z? Well, a lot of times that conversation wasn't connected to a specific water right. So we're not really set up to track that because we track decisions about specific water rights. So we had to shift gears a little bit and say, yeah, but we need to be tracking this as well. So we developed that form and that process so that we could show clearly this is the start of a water bank is this request. And we're going to provide transparency and and an opportunity comment on that form. That's awesome. That's such a great outcome of this process and your updates. Yep. And the, okay. and just really quickly, so the last yeah. piece that I think is brand new to that in the policy is that we also will publish online any final agreements. So executing the final water banking agreement, when we've chosen to establish a new water right, those agreements are online, as well as a full list of these are, these are the water banks that we've developed. These are the water rights that we have considered developing, um, which are all on our website for review, comment, and in the cases where there's a a decision, uh, an appeal period. Mm, That's super important. Yeah. Just to have that public engagement, eyes on it, ability to to engage and comment. um, that's, That's so great. Love the transparency. We're going to link to all of these. I'm going to start tracking this a little bit more closely. I'm just curious to see what the interest is in developing these banks. Me too. Yeah, and right? And <laughs> I'm really interested. Yeah. And we're yeah. working on getting the automatic notification. So if you want to see what documents are being issued or posted, um, you can sign up for an alert and it'll send you an email saying, hey, something new was posted. So we're working on getting that um, to a point where you can you can sign up for specific postings. That's that's awesome. So great! Oh my goodness, um, I love this. And just what I 
have found, you know, going through the the process with the advisory group and just from my own observations is that the problem isn't as big as people maybe think. Like these these transactions, these things um, aren't happening left and right, but that so maybe it's a it's not as big of a problem, but then also when you actually try to address those who do have concerns with some of these these things, it's the it's so complex and there are so many unintended consequences or things that may not even be legally possible that it's just really tough, right? Like when yes. you look at doing things that maybe to um, not approve out of state um, people to engage in in these activities or, and how do you even define that, right? Like what level of, of interest in ownership in Washington versus out of state or, you know, out of basin? Well, what is that? you know, stopping out of basin transfers, potentially, like that has so many potential consequences for better or worse that it's it's so complex. And I just, I appreciate that, that we were given the opportunity to look at each of those questions and concerns and really flesh out like, what are, what are the best, um, you know, what are the risks, benefits, uh, potential outcomes. I just feel again, like it's just a rich process. And I love that with the trust water rights program, that process and the article helped prompt you to, to continue to refine and get those documents that you've been working on for so long, get them refined and get them out. Like this is just, it's an update, right? That's needed to happen. It's just a super important update for one of the best programs we have in the state. So I commend, commend you Kelsey and ecology. It's just, it's pretty awesome. And um, I think transparency, that's what it is. Transparency is at the heart of this. So much of that and what the Seattle Times article just highlighted is that people do not know. And that's what I've been wanting to try to do is to help educate the public on on how these things really do work, right? Not just to be afraid because you don't know and understand. Absolutely. At its core, we're talking about the only way to develop water in almost every corner of the state is to use water rights that are in existence. And your two choices to use water rights to develop new projects and to serve needs is one to transfer existing right from one place to another or to develop a water bank that puts that water right in trust so that it can mitigate for brand new water rights. You have only two choices. And if you can't access water you can't do anything. We all yeah, know that. So true. So that's this true. this report is really about the heart of how our state functions in the future with all things water. And it's it's really it is really really important. Absolutely. Thanks so much Kelsey. That's that's what we're talking about. I love this. These are like these are voluntary market-based mechanisms to um incentivize kind of outcomes that we want to see, right? Versus, you know, a, no out of basin transfers, which could have severe consequences for multiple or, and, you know, maybe challenged. Like this is offering a real uh, tangible solution that has win-wins. So I love that the the legislature and ecology is is doing this program right now. That's that's where we want to keep it. I think my my personal professional opinion. Is there anything else that you can think of that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Oh boy. I just, 
I, I, if it wasn't emphasized enough, I would say that we really do appreciate comments on our, on the documents we put out and feedbacks just directly to our staff and to our, uh, especially to our policy folks so that we know how, um, our, our interpretations of things is working or not working. Just feedback is so hugely appreciated. Thanks, Kelsey. And I know, I know you guys really take it to heart. So thank you so much. Um, I will be sure to put your contact information in the show notes so folks can reach out to you directly if they need to. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Thank you so much, Kelsey. This was so fun. Um, we're going to definitely keep this conversation going. I hope that you'll come back on the show again soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Western Water Market Podcast. Now remember, water rights are complex and nothing in these episodes are meant to be considered legal advice. To get the support that you need, visit westernwatermarket.com to search and work with a water right professional in your state.